Hello, everybody. Let me talk with an Ong Namo, Guru Dave Namo. Thank you all so much for being here today. And for everybody that's watching on the Bruja Report Instagram right now, I'm giving you guys a warning. We are heading off of Instagram 100%. Um, I'm going to start this by teaching you guys a little bit about the law of accident, which we talk about in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws. But if you haven't done School of Unified Spiritual Laws yet, um, you're in for a good one because there's season two coming up. I was like, I want to start teaching people about um, where time intersects with fourth way. So in order to understand the fourth dimension, um, there's tools to be able to do that. And I'll, I'll go into that in one second. But everybody that's watching this on Bruja Report right now, please make sure that you're on my newsletter list. And if you're wondering who are all these people are that I'm talking to, this is the close friends list on Bruja Report, aka subscribers of the Bruja Report. And you can be one too. And if you want to continue to learn from me in the future, this is how we're going to need to do it. Now, why would you want to learn from me? Because the headlines are going to keep getting shittier and shittier. Like, just so you guys know, like there's an, an agenda in place here to fucking stress you out. And a lot of people, unfortunately, unfortunately, can't seem to get out from under that. And there's a quote that I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say, which I loved, which is that if an argument lasts for more than five minutes, both sides are wrong. So basically what social media has been feeling like for me is like being in a batting cage where the balls are just coming too fast. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like being forced to like respond to everything and the current narrative about how it like, if you don't respond, you're complacent or whatever. I just think that it's getting really hostile. And the thing is, is that something that I shared yesterday is like, yes, there are two sides. There's two trains coming around the side of a mountain destined for head-on collision. It's absolutely going to happen. There's nothing that you can do about it. Now, the goal is to not pick a side. And it's super, when I've got to say, the left has been handing a fucking heavy hand of bullshit. Things that are so utterly retarded and retarded literally, like moving backwards, archaic thinking, ridiculous, Tocqueville effect, the whole fucking thing, ridiculous. And my aggression and uh, less aggression, but more irritation with like how many people are perpetuating violence and fear and these just, you know, uh, it drives me crazy. And the, the militant attitude with which these brand new philosophies are being enforced, I, I can't stand it. And it was starting to harden me where I was identifying with being absolutely very far right. Because I'm like, whatever is the opposite of what you guys are doing, that's the side that I'm on. But the trick here is not to pick a side. And when we're always being called on to like respond to what's going on in the world, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? First of all, you have to be 100% up to date on every little headline on the menu and off the menu. And then like being forced to respond to it, especially if you know, if you don't use Instagram for work or whatever, you're probably not. But when you're being forced to respond to something, it's kind of forcing yourself to pick a side. And the thing is, is like compassion, the highest vibration of the universe and what we should all be trying to reside in full time says, yes, I know that these two trains are going to crash. And I know that it's going to be horrific. And I know that it's going to be tragic. And I know that it's going to be messy. And I know that it's going to be sad. And I would not change it because this is supposed to happen. All of this stuff is supposed to happen. 
It's the labor pains of birthing a new consciousness. The thing is, is that the pain of it might be inevitable, but the suffering of it is completely optional. And in order to be able to really have like the grit to constantly see what it is that's like actually going on here and to work with it, because what you need to understand is that every action always has an equal and opposite reaction. So the force of fear and hate is very, very strong right now. The force of love and peace is equally strong. And a lot of people are declining to access that. What I'm telling you about this force of peace and love means that like basically any timeline that you thought your dream life would need to adhere to, how long it would take to climb that ladder, how long it would take to save that money, how long it can be to like do all of these other things, that goes completely out of the window. If you, it's, whether it's your dream house, your dream career, living off grid, living on grid, having kids, having more jewelry, like whatever it is for you, anything is possible right now. And very few people are <clears throat> access this force of love and peace, which is so, so, so powerful. Um, so what I'm really going to be focusing on in my teachings going forward is just remind, remembering what the third, the role of the witness. You're, I'm not judging. Of course, I'm watching all of this go down, but I'm the witness and I'm focusing on myself. You don't want to be on either train because they're going to crash. And it's very tempting. Like it fucking got me, dude. I'm serious. Like reading up every day, there's some new thing. And I'm realizing that all of us are living in different worlds. We've got two people reading the same JK Rowling blog. And one person says, this is atrocious. And another person says, this is right on. You know, like the, the trick is to not get stuck on either side. And right now the media is just throwing balls like in a batting cage, react to this, react to this, react to that, because they want there to be a war. Like you have to understand that the deep state has always, always, always funded both sides of every war. They profit off of war and every war needs soldiers and those soldiers need allies. And it's a, all war is a lose-lose situation. Both sides are wrong. This is not the frequency that we want to be in. We do not want to be armed, defensive, scared, us versus them. You know, like it, you waste all of your energy on things like that. And so I found in my life that like ushering in a new mindset for myself or raising myself to a new level of being, it takes everything I've got mentally. Like the reason why I make everybody do breaking broke is because I'm like, you're going to see for the first time what devout spiritual practice actually looks like. Like the main incentive of breaking broke is to be like, you're just, you know, reading or writing an affirmation or feeling abundant one day out of the week or occasionally visualizing a better life for yourself. That's not what spiritual practice is. It's, it's vigilance. It's all day, every day on your shit. And for me personally, um, if I get myself into a predicament where I'm surrounded by teachers that are stressed out, that are being reactive and that have chosen a side. So I'm gonna, we could call the sides the right and the left. We could call it what I've heard is everybody versus racism, or now that transphobia is in the mix too, it's gonna be like wow. every versus hate. And this is actually not, you know, it seems like, oh, well then I'm obviously on the side that's against hate. And what you need to know is like, that's not the real forces that are going on right now. It's about, it's about having a war. It's about pitting everybody against each other, forcing everyone to take a side and then getting them to fight for the side 
that they think is right. And what I'm telling you is that you need to make absolutely sure that you're not picking a side, that you're focused on your goals, that you're focused on, okay, this is where I'm going. This is the experience I am determined to have. And going forward, I'm going to be teaching not a lot when I don't, the, the things that bring me peace of mind is spirituality where it intersects with science. Just spirituality is too fucking esoteric for me. And just science is missing the whole aspect that makes all of that possible, the mind that created the matter. But when I'm able to see how they both complement each other and how, you know, quantum mechanics and fourth way are saying the exact same thing, one from the principle of mind and one from the principle of math. And there's a lot of like ideas right now that are not connected with spirituality or science. And even just like talking about politics or trying to find what's right in this situation, like I'm telling you, both sides are wrong. Like both sides are wrong. And the idea is to make, you know, I've known a lot of people that are far right. And I'm telling you, like racism really does exist over there. It's definitely not everyone. But like the goal is to make, you know, the rioters angry at the non-rioters and the non-rioters angry at the rioters so that they can duke it out. And, uh, and I'm just not going to be a part of that whatsoever. Um, the thing is, is like where we're moving, like the consciousness that we're moving into requires like a complete comprehension of how the fourth dimension works and the fourth dimension is time now i think that if there's only one thing that anyone should be studying right now and it's like the one thing that i'm going to be really focusing on teaching it's understanding the true nature of time because the bottom line is that all worlds exist all possible realities exist the way that our brain projects reality for us is kind of like when your phone is doing predictive text for you and you're like, how could you have known that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to type. Just way more advanced. Basically, based on all of the things that you've typed in the past, your phone knows what your response is going to be. Now, the way that we take in our reality is like based on all of the things that we've seen in the past, this is what makes sense to us. This is what we imagine to be true. Now, in a fourth way perspective, like what's going on is we're all learning how to live under less laws. Now, some of the laws that, you know, affect us here on earth, and if you guys haven't heard me talk about laws before, you haven't done School of Unified Spiritual Laws, but basically there's 48 laws that govern us here on earth, 48 buffers essentially in between like what we want and it manifesting. But usually we are living under 96 laws because we choose to be in bad moods all the time. Any party on either one of those trains is living in world 96, basically twice the amount of laws half the options, half the free will, and you basically like, oh, I can only choose to be angry right now and I'm so irritated and I'm so frustrated. So it, from a fourth way perspective, what the purpose of teaching people how to understand time, because this is the dimension that we live in, we just don't understand it whatsoever. We don't, it's like, yeah, time, linear time, and that's everything that we uh, think is, is true and, and that's actually not the true nature of time whatsoever but linear time makes people obey. So that's why we have it. 
Um, but we have the potential to live under 48 laws all the time, which means that your perpetual mood would feel like you just woke up from like the best sleep of your life and you have that outlook on your day. Anything is possible. I feel so charged up. I feel so free. Everything that was on my back yesterday is not on my back today. I feel like that the world is mine and I feel like things are going to get better and better. This is like the actual conditions of the earth that we live in, but we have self-imposed an extra 48 laws onto ourselves where we're always feeling reactive and angry and like there's a shortage of options, like there's a shortage of time. And the bottom line with time, you know, the, the portal, the comprehension of this allows you to take in the fact that like a new dimension is possible, a fifth dimension. So the bottom line with time is like other worlds exist. Now, the people that I can see on video or please put it in the chat, but like on a scale of one to 10 of you actually believing and like you don't get anywhere by saying you believe something that you don't 100% believe. Like if there's any hope to believe something is to not question it in any way whatsoever. The bottom line with time is that other worlds exist and that you could live in a different world than this contrary to what anyone else is saying, contrary to what seems to be existing in the outside world because time and space are intertwined and everything that has ever happened or could ever happen is available to us and we're suspended in this altogether. But when you're only seeing a projection basically a predictive text of what the future would look like based on the past, you only see one possible outcome for yourself. And that's like, okay, this is gonna slip into war and then things are gonna get worse and then there's gonna be a new world order and then things are gonna go shit. And it's like, actually, no, that's not true. That does not have to be the way that it is. You can choose a different outcome for yourself. And if you were to wholeheartedly believe this and to have that vision, and understand like a big part of what I teach is going into the little areas most teachers just gloss over. For example, terms like allowing or loving yourself or forgiveness or surrender. Every single, the comprehension of each one of these has taken me like years of work. There's not something that you just oh, like regram and move on. Like you have to really understand them. There's no cheating with this. So my aim is to really help us all see the vision, hold the vision until it becomes our reality. And unfortunately, I've noticed a big deficit of this on the internet and I totally get it. These times are strange. This has never happened before. Shit is really scary, but I'm determined to put my spiritual tools into practice and I'm determined to bring everybody that wants to learn, everybody that wants to engage up with me because you can do this. You can 100% do this. It could be, this is not the end of anything. This is the beginning of that next level of your life. And you have this opportunity to accelerate faster than you ever have in your life before. But what I'm telling you is that it's going to require 100% of your mindset. It's going to require work. It's going to require fearlessly saying no. Like how many people here have noticed that like the worlds have already split, that people are living, that we're all living in different worlds. You know, I'm talking to people that are still fucking like stressed out about coronavirus. And I'm like, oh, honey, 
you're like three months behind, babe. Like you, you're still on this. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we're going at like a certain speed here. And I genuinely just don't have, you know, like everybody's choosing the experience that they want to have for people that have chosen to be social justice warriors from here on out. It's like, hun, you're in a batting cage where the balls are coming too fast to keep up with and what the next year of your life is going to look like, what the next years of your life will probably look like if you continue to stay in this frequency is just proving to the world that you're not who they say you are. That's it. Proving to the world that they're not who you think they're going to say you are. And more and more is going to come. And it's just an argument. We can all get out of that. We can all move above it. So one of the laws that governs us here is, and it's one of the first laws that you're able to get out of with a lot of spiritual work. And this is called the law of accident. Who here has heard of the law of accident? The law of accident states that shit happens to you. So let me give you an example of like what would happen to me when I was living under the law of accident. Things would slip from bad to worse really quickly. You know, it's like, all right. So I, my boyfriend would break up with me. I'd lose my job. I get, have to leave my housing situation. Something then would go on with my family. And I just, you know, couldn't believe it. And just regular accidents and stuff would happen to me as well. I was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And usually I knew I had an inkling that I shouldn't be doing these things, that I shouldn't be in this place at that time. Yet I would chronically ignore it. And as a result, I was somebody that things happened to. So this is kind of like Cinderella. Cinderella is a woman with enormous talent who was actually born royalty. She was always a princess, but she chose to live in world 96. She was in mental slavery. She forgot who she was. And as a result, things just happened to her. Oh, a fairy godmother, this happens to me. Oh, a prince, like this happens to me. And even when, you know, her life turns around, it's not because she came to live above the law of accident. It's because people take pity on her basically or she's pretty, like she's somebody that things happen to. Now living above the law of accident says like, I choose my destiny. I consciously engage with my life. And in order to live above the law of accident, you have to really understand the little subtleties that are causing the patterns that rule your life. You know, that if there's a pattern in your life, it's because you're the one causing it. If there's any pattern in your life, it's because you're the one causing it. And just remembering that like our brain, our perception works like predictive text. So when you have somebody that's also always showing up in the same way, man, this person keeps being a dick and it like keeps getting worse. You have to understand that you're, there's something you're doing that's causing them to show up repeatedly like that. Predictive text where every time you see this person, they're basically forced to do an outburst. And, um, and I'm actually, you know, I'm actually engaged in something like this right now too, where I'm like, oh shit, time for me to let that pattern go. And in order to live above the law of accident, you have to be really tuned in. It was a prayer that I made uh, right after I had Reiner. I said, I do not want to learn lessons from the ER anymore. <laughs> please, please, please let me learn my lessons fast. 
let me learn my, I don't want to have to go into the red zone financially, go into the red zone physically and there learn the lessons. I don't want my kid to have to get sick so that my husband and I can learn how to can appreciate how great it is to be somebody's parents. You know, like I want to be able to catch these things while they're still small so that they don't blow out of proportion and make my life difficult and uncomfortable. So if this is, isn't something that you've prayed already. This is a prayer basically to please help me live above the law of accident. And let me tell you what life is like above the law of accident. In 2017, I started having recurring dreams that exactly what's going on in the world today was going to happen. And I thought that it was effective immediately. Like in 2017, I'm going to see all the cities in the US burning, basically. And I tried to warn as many people as I could. I was like, get out of the cities. Like, this is fucking crazy. Um, and when it didn't happen like that, because it never really happens the way that you think it's going to happen, because these are like psychological shifts, you know, this is what ascension and rapture is talking about, moving to a higher level of consciousness. And you have to know that like when a new dimension, when a new level of consciousness comes in, it completely erases and eradicates everything that you thought was possible or true in life up until this point. Adding one new dimension, it ruptures the laws and the physics that you have been absolutely certain de determine everything that you do. And the whole thing just goes out the window. You know, if I think that the only dimension is length, when I get to the end, when I get to the end of this fucking line, life is over, everything falls off and it's dead. But if I get to the end of the line and I see that there's a ladder and that I can go up, all of the sudden, all of those projections I had about the world ending, about there not being enough, about there being certain death at the end of it, is null and void. And it was just a realization that happened when I got there. So everything that all of the reasons that you have of why this can't happen or it won't work, whether it's this is a bad time for sales, it's a bad time to move, the house that I want is $2 million, like all of these things we are coming to the end of that dimension. That's why it's called end time. It's the end of time as we know it. The ego is being shattered. The illusions are being shattered. People are starting to realize, oh my God, this is not the world that I thought that I was living in. And there's a ladder. You can go up, you know? Everything that you thought was true about your life is going to change. And this is like a huge, huge, huge opportunity. So... In 2017, I thought that everything was going to be over. What I didn't know was that it kind of takes three years to get set up off grid. It really does. You know, like, especially if your business is still in its seedling stage, like mine was, it takes a long time to get that pantry going. You know, it takes a long time to get the soil to surrender to you. It takes a long time to furnish the fucking thing like these. And so because of that, when shit actually started going down, we were very prepared for it over here. And I want you to think, you know, the, the concept of living above the law of accident for the people that are down in world 96, living under so many self-imposed laws doing what the media tells them to, whether they're aware of it or not. Because if we're even like feeling 
when we wake up feeling a certain way and then we check our phones and that feeling starts to change, we're ultimately feeling what we're being told to feel, regardless of which side we're on. And both sides are wrong. You know, we want to be on, we want to be on the mountain. But at the bottom of the sea, you know, in World 96, it's like, oh my God, the squid and the whale are waging war right now and it's total chaos and everyone's involved and I can't do anything about it. And it's just like psychotic and hell. But for those of us at the top of the ocean, it's just a little, it's just a little wave. We're like, oh, felt that, but it didn't take me out. That's what being above the law of accident is like. And, um, you know, as a result, by just following little intuitive inklings, like let's stock up on food right now. You know, they closed down our city. The Gallup, which is um, probably the nearest city to us, was completely shut down from a coronavirus outbreak in the Navajo Nation. And that's like the main place that they, the Navajo goes to shop. And um, they completely shut that city down for a week. Nobody could get any food. It was like chaos. And they were talking about doing it again. But because we went with that little like intuitive nudge and we're like, yeah, let's go, you know, let's just go stock up right now. When shit goes down, we're always prepared for it. And every single, like, these are the natural conditions of earth, you know, like you can be always in the right place at the right time. That's the main thing with living above the law of accident. Instead of always being in the wrong place at the wrong time, you are always in the right place at the right time. And I want you all to know that wherever you are right now, you know, like living out in the woods is not the quote unquote right place because all of us, your, the next level of your life is maintaining the highest quality of your life as you know it. So if your life as you know it involves having your little local town and your little local coffee shop, think on these things and it'll be so. If your local life involves vaccines having no negative side effects because maybe you've vaccinated your kids already, then so be it. That's how it's going to be. So you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else or like go rush to get yourself off grid if that's something that you've never considered doing before. But if you're always praying, you know, like, and, and this isn't, it's not always praying. It's praying once, but really meaning it from the bottom of your heart. Please let me learn lessons quickly. And then making a lifelong commitment to listening a little bit closer to your emotional guidance system, to what feels good and what doesn't feel good for you. And if emotional guidance system is 100% new to you, then in your bruja archives, you have access to Spirituality 101, which you can do over a weekend, and that'll get you all caught up to speed. Um, but what we're really going to be focusing on going forward is like understanding, not questioning in any way the true nature of time. And I'm telling you, this is going to require like Sobog Kriya grade dedication. I'm going to show up for my mindset every single day from here on out. I am going to remove the things which stress me out, the things that take me out of my flow. I'm going to eliminate the conversations or the people that I'm really trying to change. Yeah, I accept that you're doing your thing. We all live in different worlds. I'm going to tune it out. And anything that's taking you, it's going to require 100% focus. Anything that you can get rid of that drains you needs to be eliminated. And anything that you can bring in that supports you needs to be brought in right away. 
because you're raising yourself to a high, higher level of being, a new projection that you're setting forward through which you start to receive new information about the world. So like where I'm headed with this is like, where I'm going is that I'm gonna be a New York Times bestselling author and this is the start of a whole new career for me that involves flying, that involves having our own private plane, that involves um, eco real estate ventures, turning existing houses into like earthships, basically a combination instead of building a whole new earthship, turning existing homes into earthships and taking them off grid. Like that's where I'm going. And I plan on being an excellent potter and a great mother and having a food forest out here that I really enjoy. And I like for, as for me and my house, like this is where I'm taking my house. I do not need my husband to be a part of this. I do not need you to be a part of this. I don't need anybody else to work on their mental game or worry about, you know, are we all manifesting the same thing? Because at the end of life, all that we know about death is that it cuts to black and there is nothing that you can be assured of. You can't be assured that all of us are individuals and this is not one big video game where you're the hero and everything that you see, including me, are aspects of your video game. And you can succeed. You are basically guaranteed to succeed if you're willing to consciously engage with your life at all. But like your mindset is enough. Your mindset is enough and you don't have to worry about anyone else's. So I'd like, um, please raise your hand if you have a question and we'll just talk a tiny minute more while people get their questions going. And, but for anybody that's new over here on Instagram, please make sure that you're on my newsletter list at everestasher.com. If you don't already have a subscription to Bruja Report that allows you to be in one of these Zoom rooms, please get one if you wanna continue learning with me because this whole conversation is going off of social completely. But in these rooms, we're going to have a very different experience than anyone you know. It doesn't mean anyone's going to burn in a lake of hell or anything like that. It just means that in a world where everybody's getting so rocked and so responsive and we see the way that this is going, we see the frequency that people are like hovering at and like, okay, I want no part of this. These rooms are going to show you a new way. And I'm just really excited to be able to, uh, be a part of all of this with you because when I heal, I'm not healed alone. So please raise your hand if you have a question. And yeah. When people don't have questions on here also, like, that means I have to like basically come up with a lecture really fast, which uh, I'm not into doing today. Nobody has a question about any of this stuff going forward? No one, no one, no one? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, okay, good. Someone's taken themselves off of mute, but it might've been on accident. Brittany, go ahead. I'll put you on um, live over here. Okay, good. And you can tell me. Okay, am I correct in assuming that the law of accidents is under the 98 laws? No, that's one of the 48, but the 48 will also continue into the 96. So it's duplicates. Something that's really interesting is there's a, there's a lot of different multiverse theories 
And that's something that we're going to be talking about going forward in these new lectures. I just couldn't figure out if I could do how long it was going to take me to do a workshop on time and fourth way. And I think that it would just be safer to assume that this is going to be a full 12 lectures, just like the School of Unified Spiritual Laws. Um, some of the 48 laws that govern us, let me, I'll give you a little perspective so you can think about what it feels like. Um, the last time I felt myself really truly in world 96 was like a hundred percent there was it's the DMV is quite far away from our home. I had to get a new ID because all of my IDs were expiring at the same point. I needed to get a new one. And it was like one week until everything was going to be expired. And so I'm at the DMV and, you know, here in New Mexico, we have a street address, but we only get mail at the mailboxes, which are like six miles away from our house. And so if we, if I put my street address on anything, it doesn't get to me. I have to use my like mailbox. And so all of the mail showing proof of residency had my mailbox number on it. And they were telling me, you need to get within a week a piece of mail with your street address on it, or you're not going to be able to get an ID. And I felt like, Oh my God, I was so angry. I was like shaking. It was almost like I couldn't move. I couldn't believe that this lady was saying no to me in this way. Like, I just couldn't believe that that's how it was going. And I was just like, what? And I was so angry. I just wanted to say something so nasty to her. I felt like I was going to either like puke or start crying at the same time. And that was, uh, and that's what world 96, that's a full 96 laws that you're living under. So the highest life form in world 96 on the moon, which is a planet in creation, it's the life of a mineral. So when you're under 96 laws, you have the same rights as a mineral, a very low vibrating frequency. You basically can only make as many decisions as like a rock could until you snap yourself out of it and get out of it. Um, some other laws, um, just so you know, in the fourth way, there's no, they, they say that it's not useful to ever give you a table of laws. Like you will naturally start to live under less and less and less, and you'll see the quality of your life start to improve. And someone I studied with, her name's Biet Simkin, she wrote a book called Don't Just Sit There, where she describes um, 44 laws of the world, but that's not necessarily straight out of fourth way. You know, that's kind of her, um, you know, and she cut eight laws, she cut four laws out of it. Um, but they, they don't really believe in the fourth way that it's useful to think about concepts that are more advanced than where you are at now. Because basically, like, if you don't really understand the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension is never going to make any sense to you. If you're like, you like can't figure out why someone isn't texting you back in this dimension, then like the fifth dimension is going to, there's no way that you're going to be able to process it because it disrupts and eradicates everything that you thought was true up until this point. So you have to have a very relaxed, like it's as natural for you to believe that everything is happening at once as it is for you to believe that things can go long, high, and deep. It has to be that you do not question it in any way, the three dimensions that make up the world that we live in. You do not question that in any way. This door opens up, it goes deep. How high does the sky go? How long until we reach the edge of the earth? Like, 
these, we don't question these things in any way because we believe them. That's what believing something is. But when it comes to us saying, I believe that all worlds are possible, all worlds exist at once. And for me, it's not enough to go into, to attempt to believe something like that on spirituality alone. Like I need science. I need that combination of spirituality and science and seeing a system that is for scale. Like, okay, so how I can only accept that something is true if, if it's true for the, as true for the macrocosm as it is for the microcosm. And so the combination of like spirituality via the fourth way, which is what Jesus studied, like this is, it's very similar to like deep Sufi secrets. The, the Sufi religion, and fourth way have a lot of parallels. It's just that fourth way is a little bit more mathematical. It's almost like the Sufis meeting the Egyptians meeting the Greeks all together. And it's a unified system that across from the microcosm to the macrocosm. But in order to believe, you know, you have to not, it's, it's completely inherent and natural for you to believe that like, there are other worlds than just this one. Worlds with the same origin, as ours and you with the same origin like the fifth dimension is it's like sliding doors another world where you make a left instead of a right and everything changes and everything is possible and everything you take a totally different path and that that world is very real and that you can design it and that you can choose it and that you can go there because according to the laws of time all possible realities all possible outcomes all possibilities are there, are real, are available, and you can choose which one you want to go to. Um, but some of the other laws would say that, like, you know, things don't manifest instantly. So some people believe that, like, Earth is a training ground. And, you know, if you think about fifth dimension where things would manifest a lot quicker because you're technically living under less laws, you need to have a very trained mind that obeys you and doesn't chronically default to negative fantasies, to feeling bad, to going to world 96, because in a world where things manifest quicker, your fucking fears and anxieties would show up just as rightfully as your dreams and desires would show up. So this training round is to teach us discernment and how to be a lot more conscious of what thoughts it is that we're selecting because all these worlds are real. This world that you live in right now and the worlds that you fantasize about, the Oya, the Orisha Oya, she represents the wind. If you guys see behind me that little, like, I'll move my turban, but that white vessel up there on my shelf, that's Oya. And Oya says, your wish is my command. Your wish is my command. But how often are you wishing for a better outcome for yourself? How often are you fantasizing about a better life for you and everybody else that you know? Like, and a good way to, a good way to see how often you're like positively using your gifts of imagination, which no other animal, like no other species on earth has, um, is to try and visualize something for five minutes straight. And when you realize how hard it is for you to hold that frequency, like that of a positive vision, that's like, <laughs> that'll give you some kind of idea about how often you're fantasizing about a positive future versus a negative one. Because our minds default to like anxiety and fear. And Oya says, your wish is my command. So if that's what you're wishing, you are commanding the cosmos to do that. 
And if that's what you want to see, like you will see more of it. So it's learning how to really, like I'm telling you, if my mind is untrained as fuck and you guys are paying me to teach you, like your mind is untrained as fuck. And it's going to take us a nice short leash on our imagination, a nice short leash on our uh, you know, willingness to feel badly all the time and being like, no, this does not fit with where I'm trying to go. This does not fit the narrative that I want, because I'm telling you, like, if you are determined, you say, okay, this is where I'm going. This is the experience I'm going to have. Like it will be so, and you will have an opportunity because the force of love and peace is so strong right now. Like you will have the opportunity to take a leap. Yes. Here you go. Here's something that fits with that plot line that you're looking for. And you might, and you know, in the moment, you might be able to make some moves that you would think were so scary and so big or like, oh my God, could we possibly do this? Can I even afford it? Yet here's our dream house. Yes, leap. Yes, take that. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of different laws that govern us here and you'll learn them one by one, but it's not really... And I know because I read the book of like the 44 laws and when you're taking them all in like that, you don't really understand the massive significance and the, the repercussions that every single one of these laws have. Like it's easy to flip through it and be like, cool, the law of the mirror, the law of accident, you know, the law of the pendulum and all of these things. But if you were to even take one law and focus on it, instead of just breezing past it, which is why in fourth way, they don't just give it to you. If you were to really understand, okay, the law of the pendulum, the law of the pendulum states that like in order to be in order to have access to higher consciousness, I need to be able to not swing from a good mood into a bad mood. And if I'm able to wake myself up, to shock myself, even just by saying aloud, I'm swinging from a good mood into a bad mood right now. You're starting to feel yourself go into a bad mood. If you bring consciousness to that moment in which you're totally asleep, you accelerate super fast because usually where we feel the most powerless is when we, we forget that our moods are something that pass through us, things that we can choose. So usually like a bad mood comes up and we just swing into a bad mood and as if we, we can control nothing about it. And if we become very awake in the moments that we're very asleep, we accelerate spiritually and more things become possible. Like I, I've, I've said this for a long time to people, but like I get everything that I want and usually within six months and usually more than I want, like I, more than I ever knew that I wanted. I set goals for myself. I visualize realities for myself about one in this, my summer vision and then my winter vision. Here's where I want to be. And what this the experience that I'm imagining is having in winter. And it is always that way. It's always that way. But when I have that new vision, I tell everybody in my house about, okay, this is how it's going to be. And then I ask myself every day, what do I got to do to line up with this reality? And it's in this way that we're able to jump timelines, you know, that we're able to create completely new lives for ourselves. But it takes showing up every day and also being very discerning about what gets you closer to that goal and what pulls you further away from it. Cool. All right. So let me look at a couple more questions up here. Do you feel like the people you're hanging out with should have the same views as you? And if they don't, do you feel like you're wrong in aligning yourself with them, so to speak? 
you know, before I live and let live, but if you're, if you feel like you have to change anyone's mind nowadays in order to be able to hang out with them, like that's not love. And I think that you should surround, yeah, it's possible to feel love for all humans, but like be reasonable with yourself. You know, there's some people that make loving pretty fucking hard on you. And the love, the more loving thing to do in that situation, because love, unconditional love, compassion, all of that is acceptance accepting that somebody has chosen their path, accepting that somebody is not going to change. It's less loving to try and keep someone in your life and gradually wear them down into being a little bit more like you. And that's not loving. It's a lot more loving to let these people go and live their life and be like, wherever I've got to put you in my life to where the decisions that you make don't bother me. Don't keep me up at night. I don't feel like I have to change you. I don't feel, I'm like, I want you to know that everybody, you know, for people that feel, I feel like being a social justice warrior in 2020 is one of the lowest vibrations that you can be in. I genuinely do just because you're, if you understand the way in which the media is manipulated and the stories that it's showing and the reactions that it's like demanding from you, this agenda isn't going to stop. It's something called the Tukeville effect, which is basically like the better things get, the more angry people will get. Like if you look at statistics, like less black people are killed by white cops than ever before ever and white cops are actually fucking terrified to kill black people because of how they you know it's like you're gonna get fucking sent to jail for this straight up even if it takes a while like that's what's gonna happen and you're gonna be dragged through the media it's gonna be a huge fucking thing um but right now the agenda is to just pit everybody against each other and so if you've decided that you're going to combat if you're going to try and hit every ball in this batting cage that's moving a bit too fast for you you're going to be doing that for a really really long time and you're not going to have the the bottom line with spirituality is that at some point you have to stop looking at what's wrong with the world and accept that there's shit wrong with you and you can't serve God and mammon, they say in the Bible. Like you can't be trying to go and fix everything outside of you. I understand that it's tempting, but that's lower vibration. That's actually taking a big step backwards. And very few people are willing to look into themselves and be like, how am I causing this in the world? Where does this exist inside of me? And also knowing when to drop it as well. Like the law of the mirror says like, we could always go back and forth with like, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Mirroring, it's like you research both sides, decide who you are, and move on to the next one. You can't keep going back and researching both sides. You'll never, it's the same with like inner child work. You can't just do inner child work for the rest of your life because you're never going to advance. At some point, you have to honor what you believe in and move on and say, you know what? This no longer applies to me. And with being a social justice where it's like, you have to know that from here on out, there's gonna, something's always gonna get thrown at you because the deep state is trying to turn everyone against each other. And as long as you're focusing on what's outside of you and not what's inside of you, I'm sorry to say this, but you are, uh, you're gonna be living in a lower vibrational reality until you start to claim some responsibility for your life. And I'm not an expert on like being PC, but I am an expert in spiritual laws. And that's just, <laughs> that's the truth in the exoteric studies level one, like not even the second level whatsoever. And the saddest thing to me about all of the Black Lives Matter and all of that stuff is that like, it's not the cop that had his knee 
on George Floyd's neck. It's that the media has had their knee on Black America and actually the Black world's neck for years, knowing exactly what stories and what angles will make things intolerable for them and giving them as much of that as they possibly can. And to me, that's really sad because there's very few, you know, there's a lot of Black conservatives, a lot of really strong voices out there showing another side. And what they're saying is like, systemic racism is actually not true. And if we take out the stories that the media is showing us and just look at stats, like things are getting better and better, but the media is telling us that it's getting worse and worse. And those people get just fucking shat on by everybody because they're like, oh, you know, you're a pawn for the other side. And it's really just resistance to research both sides and, and move forward. But to me, like the real enemy there is like what the media is compelling a lot of black people to do. And like, they hardly have a choice in it at all because how would you fucking feel, you know? How would you feel if every time you turned on the news, another innocent black man is being murdered in a terrible way by white police officers smirking at the camera? Like, how would you feel? You know, and if you're trans, how would you feel if like all you're seeing is trans abuse and just people being, you know, for, for just being who they are? Like, and this is part of the law of the pendulum This is where so many people get stuck is being unable to realize that you read something which is putting you in a lower vibrational state and not asking the origins of like, well, who put this out there and who controls what we see in the media and what goes viral and what doesn't. Because if you think about how many pieces of good news regarding COVID-19 were made available to the internet through doctors sharing, like, look, I'm a doctor, I'm not a social justice warrior, I'm not trying to like be a fucking, but there are some really weird things going on here and we just thought that we'd put that out there. And the media is like, nope, can't handle it. We will censor this 100%, but something that like they know is going to absolutely cause a riot putting that front and center and then right when people are starting to like okay cool it looks like we've gotten justice they're like and another one and another one and another one and that's just where it's going to be going from here on out and that's where uh and that's that world you know but you have a choice to live in whatever world that you want so i say only surround yourself with people that you love the way that they are with people that you don't want to change and for the people that you have to ask yourself like you have to take everybody in your life as is because you don't have time to catch people up. You don't have time to, people have to make the decision of what world they're going to live in. And that decision has already been made for many. And look, like for people that choose to go the path of the social justice warrior, like they will find pleasure in that. They'll find pleasure in that. They'll feel very right and very judicious and maybe, you know, a vow of poverty or a vow of, you know, they're never being enough or whatever will be a part of their, what they're incarnating into this time around. But, you know, all it takes is 20% of the population waking up. And my job now is to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that as many people are waking up as possible. And that means zero tolerance for encouraging people to live in a lower vibrational atmosphere. And I used to feel like, like I, I was talking to some friends the other day that came over and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to be a hundred percent myself with them. And if they can handle it, 
then great, we can be friends. But these people were still in fucking Corona, you know, they're smoking a joint like, through their fists like this, socially distant and shit like that. I'm like, we live in different worlds now, my G. Like you're gonna be living and, and in this coronavirus world where it's like, well, is it ever going to go away? And it's like, yeah, probably not. It's going to be 0.3% deadly for the rest of our fucking, you know, whoop-de-doo. And most people that have it like won't even know, but like that's what they're focusing on and that's what their experience is gonna be. And I, I told them, I was like, look, I'm really fearless going for, if somebody's not in the same vibe as me, if I need to like tone it down, I'm 100% mindset set from here on out and if people aren't a hundred percent with that they're not going to be around me right now you know why i'm pregnant with a new vision of myself and a new vision of the world that my family and i are going to live in and when you're pregnant or when you have a new business idea or something like that you don't go hang out in a bar where people are spilling drinks and smoking cigarettes all over you because like everything needs space to grow and if you're trying to implement a new mindset for yourself and you know that all you need is is yourself being vigilant you don't need anybody else to be complicit in this all you need is to have your vision and hold it and make sure that nobody's taking you out of that like you need to protect this new concept of what's possible for your life and i'm telling you that's why I have everyone do breaking broke. I'm like, this is what spiritual practice looks like, you guys. Like, it's a lot of work. You have to be vigilant. You have to take out all of the things that take you out of your flow. You have to ask yourself all of the time, how am I feeling? And use that as your gauge to find out if you're in flow or not. And the second you start feeling bad, you need to trace it back and be like, what is it that started making me feel bad and made me feel like I was powerless to get out of this bad mood. Who here has woken up in a bad mood and you're like, I know it's gonna be a fucking shit day all day because I'm in a bad mood and I don't feel like there's anything I can do to get myself out of it. I don't feel like there's, I'm trying all of my things, but like, I can't seem to get out of it. That's world 96. Tap when you're feeling like that, tap on it. Honor how shitty you're feeling. That's like honestly the only way um, to get out of it. But the most loving thing that you can do for the world is to stop asking it to be different for you. And that's a problem that I have with a lot of this liberal movement. It's like not only demanding that you change who you are in order to be like a good person. So just the assumption that like everyone that's different than you is a bad person, but also being inherently lazy in your expectations of other people. So being like, I expect you to watch all of these videos you're not interested in and read all of these books you're not interested in so that you can maybe sit at the same table as me and pretend to understand what it's like to be me like we're not all supposed to do you know like we're not all supposed to be activists for fucking every single thing that goes by you know like this is just know what you believe in and stick with that but it's not fair to just expect the whole world to go do three years of research so that they can understand you better if you understand yourself you stop needing the whole world to understand you. And this is just the, but you know, when you look at the absolute, like, it's just completely inane, this whole philosophy. And I'm like, who even came up with this? Because I, what the, you know, the social aggression on Black Lives Matter versus what my actual Black friends tell me.
and the trans activism on social media versus what my actual trans friends tell me. It's like, it never seems to line up. And now I'm willing to just look into like my own experience and ask the people that I'm surrounded with and, and stop trying to change or even understand everybody else. Because when you're like, this is such backwards thinking, it can be very tempting to come off of the mountain and onto the opposing train. I'd be like, well, you believe this and I believe that. And it's like, no, we have to make sure that we're staying. The reason why we meditate in the pose that we usually do is because it's a triangle, knee, knee, head, representing the three forces required for all creation. And in order to move into a higher vibrational reality, you need to not ever forget that you're, you're the witness. You're not the yes factor, you're not the no factor, you're not the right, you're not the left, you're the top. You're looking at things from above without trying to change it. And that's gonna be key for everything, but just dealing with people in your life and in your circumstance and stuff like that. Like, if you wanna change them, stop, live and let live, and just don't think about them at all. Everybody will find their path. And like, their path will be their version of happiness for themselves, even if it's living in full-blown augmented reality for the rest of your life where everyone's fucking playing Pokemon Go with you and there is no real world, like, that's their choice. But if it is your choice to do this, it can also be your choice to do it differently and it doesn't have to be big and scary. All right, so I'm gonna put another question. Let's see. How does mental health play into all of this, whether you can stop it and redirect it or not? So the reason that I did Wheels Reinvented is because I've, I've been surrounded by some of the most severe mental illness that you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like the, what people used to call paranoid schizophrenia and like the most extreme levels of that. Like I have been witness to that in my own family. Like I've seen my own family really, really struggle with that. And just like depression, like on a level where I've never seen it before. And it always makes a lot of sense to me. I've been very fortunate that like when people have called, you know, have suggested to me that I struggle with depression um, and anxiety is something that came up for me much bigger after I had a kid. Um, but depression, you know, people be like, you're depressed. And I always was like, look at my fucking life. Gee, I was raised to be meat in a pedophile ring. Like what the fuck do you, of course I'm going to be sad. You know, everyone that I love, I've lost for the most part until things started to change in my life. And like, of course I'm sad. So I've always really felt like there was um, a spiritual, just a very simple, not psychological thing, not, um, not mental illness related root cause. And the thing with like Western medicine and Western philosophy, especially around mental health is like, if you're feeling bad, there's an imbalance in your brain that medication could correct. And after seeing my nephew and my brother basically as psychological science projects, thank you, my love. Um, and their medications are, their life has gotten worse and worse with medical, with psychological intervention, pharmaceutical, that's what I'm looking for. Their lives have gotten worse and worse. The more pharmaceuticals have like intervened in their life, not better whatsoever, worse and worse and worse and worse. And nobody's talking about that root cause at all. Hang on. I just have to start a new live over here. Uh, sorry, there, there's no option. I used to be able to just stop the video and go on to the next one. Um, 
but nobody's ever talking about the root cause. So when Wheels Reinvented, we go through all of the root causes and basically there's just seven of them. There's guilt, there's shame, there's the need for approval and doing things for attention. There is worry, which is anxiety. There is, okay, so actually let me, let me just do, let me hit this next button. And um, why does it make things so hard for me? Don't they ever have people on Instagram that just talk and talk and talk, you know? Give me that two hour live, please. Um, so guilt is, guilt manifests as basically everything else in your life. So guilt, when you have just like the conviction that everything you love will be taken away from you and you can't seem to, like you can get a beautiful house, but the IRS will take it away. You can find your dream partner and they'll cheat on you and run away. Those are issues of stability. And also when people just can't seem to stabilize in their life, when they're always in chaos, that is representative of guilt. And so there's all types of ways, you know, you could go to therapy and be medicated to stop thinking that like everything good in your life is going to be horrifically taken away but that's actually just guilt when it comes to and that's addictions of control so obsessive compulsive disorder and things like that would be related to guilt very normal spirit first base level everyone's and everybody's going to experience these at some point in their life after that you have shame which is like all sexual fetishes um, especially the negative ones, you know, things where it would hurt someone else like pedophilia and bestiality and stuff like that, the real doozies. Um, that's all coming from scarcity. There's only one thing that can get me off and I'm not allowed to have it. Therefore, I'll ne never feel pleasure in my life. The inability to feel pleasure in your life. So that type of depression where it's just like there's nothing that sounds appealing to me whatsoever. That's coming from shame all addictions of numbing, whether it's alcoholism, opioids, anything, uh, binge eating, anything that makes you numb, that's all related to shame as well as fears of abandonment. So guilt would say a little bit more like you can have something and it'll get taken away. Um, but what shame says is like someone like you will never have anything. So the whole idea of like despair, uh, and ability to feel pleasure and just thinking that there's something fundamentally wrong with you, like you're just bad. And this would also be where people have, um, so for example, in the trans community, where you feel like there's always been, everybody has masculine and feminine aspects and there's always been trans people since the beginning of time. It's only now that like it, how people used to operate with it is honoring, is addressing the shame that says I was born wrong and saying, yes, even though I look like a girl, I need to study men's teachings. And then they evolve, like physically, they, their appearance starts to change. They work the, you know, Brienne of Tarth in fucking Game of Thrones or all of the real little like lady boys that were like, I look, I know that like guys go to war, but like, I really just want to be in the bathhouse with the ladies. Yes. You had to honor the shame that was saying you're born wrong because you don't want to go like beat people with sticks and you have to honor that and go studies women, women's teachings instead. There's always been space for that. But now it's been circumvented by it's like, well, just change everything externally and get yourself in the right little bracket and then start making like physical adjustments to your body. Like your body, if you study men's teachings exclusively or women's teachings exclusively, like your body will change. You'll literally start developing more estrogen or more testosterone in response to that because you're becoming a man on the inside or a woman on the inside and the outside will start to respond to that. And the thing about birth and, um, 
women's powers like that, the reason why that was only ever available to females is because you have to honor the origins of these gifts. In order to be truly feminine, you have to honor the feminine lineage that births and feeds and bleeds and all of that. You can't like pay to have it happen to you. And all of that is just distracting you from the fact that there's like always an inner move that you can make. But if you don't address the shame that's saying I was born wrong and you're just trying to fix it on the outside, it's, it's never, ever, ever going to work. And one of the problems that a lot of people, you know, people that are called transphobic or whatever, it's just like, well, look, a lot of people, a lot of adolescent kids are getting these huge surgeries, which will like make them in, unable to have children or something later on, not to mention, it's just like a lot of body trauma to go through and then having them reversed. And psychologically, that's a lot to like put people through. And, uh, it's a lot for it's a lot for anybody and this and trans people have always existed it's just now it's like circumvent the shame don't do any shame work or whatever because of course you're proud to be who you are do not question that in any way but start to get external things done to you that like really kind of wreak havoc on your body and and i'm just not down with that just because there's an easier way and that easier way is like addressing shame then the mental illness of anxiety comes from the money for a chakra which is worry very normal fucking thing to have and all of the, the thing about like every single one of these chakras and these men is like if you know how to fix it it'll you'll see results instantaneously if you understand when these stories started to come up and you heal them at the base like you don't have to deal with that shit anymore yeah it's not like poof it's gone but when you know what the problem is you can solve it and when you don't know you're basically paying everybody else to make it worse because they're saying that there's a disorder with your brain, that there's something wrong with you. And, and what they don't say is that every single person in the world, um, Sally, this is my workshop, Wheels Reinvented. It's the only place in the world where the combination of, of the psychological significance of the chakras is combined with the technology of childhood trauma mixed together. And just, we go through every mental illness and be like, here's what it actually is. And here's how you fix it. Um, and it's going to be available for the first time digitally later on this year, which is cool, which, which means I can charge a hell of a lot less for it. As a coaching group, I had to charge three grand, but without me actually having to be there as much as I was before, I can charge a lot less for that. So that'll be coming out soon. Um, after that, all of, you know, your performing arts, the type of the idea that like, I'm not like them, but I can pretend and the, the type of people that end up in therapy because they just can't seem to move in their life without worrying about what other people are going to think about them. That's heart work and, and, is, and depression. The diagnosis of depression is basically saying that like your suffering is not proportionate. Your, the way that you feel is not proportionate proportionate to the suffering that you've experienced. So there's something wrong with you for feeling so sad. And like, that's just not true. So all of that, that world of where you can't uh, feel any joy in your life, you know, where it's just like, and you start to get the belief that you're just not supposed to be happy. You get used to being depressed and you start medicating around that. It's just an inability to uh, understand grief 
but of people that are paralyzed by the need for approval and can't relax if someone's mad at them or unable to do anything because like, well, what do I think that people were, are going to say? It's just because you don't know yourself at all. So that's also very easily healed. And again, everybody will experience all of these. After that, you have the diseases of like jealousy and comparison, which means that like you cannot get forward and you think that someone else has to lose for you to win. So basically you put yourself in like a rat race and like a rat's wheel that, that doesn't exist where it's like you versus the world. And the only way, and you start to just like think about who's in your spot at the top, basically. And instead of using them as a way of like levering teach as teachers, you poison it and you make tyrants out of it and you just fuck yourself in like the, the biggest way. And um, I don't really know. I, I don't know if there's a name, you know, if there's like a, a mental illness term for the comparison and everything, but it's very real. It's as real as anything else. And this is the one that most people kind of gloss over the, the Vishuddha chakra. After that, you've got bipolar, you know, am I crazy? And, and this could actually be all schizophrenia, all where you're unable to distinguish what's real and what's not. So a lot of people open in their third eye accidentally before they've done all of the groundwork that's needed to be able to handle something like that. And as they start to see the unseen and know the unknown, and they're officially living in between two worlds where everything that they see is uh, symbolic and they're not really sure what's real and what's not, that's called having your third eye open, baby. You see you're living in between worlds, but if you don't know how to handle that because you've got five chakras of insecurities or attempting to hold you up, then you start to believe that you're genuinely crazy. And the fucking shit part is that no amount of pharmaceutical intervention is going to ever make you believe that these things that you've seen weren't really true. You know, at the best, you can become a completely lobotomized human. Like my family's gone through electroshock therapy, which I didn't even know like that still happened to people. And it really just changed nothing. So basically like your best option for life is to just medicate yourself to the point where you're sleeping 18 hours a day. And in those, you know, leftover six hours that you're awake, just trying to act like all of those things you saw and heard weren't real, which just makes you feel even crazier. And then the final block, which I, I don't know, is just that the absolute conviction that we live in a hostile universe and that either this is another expression of like paranoid schizophrenia, um, whether it's God, the government, the CIA, aliens or whatever, it's all different words for the different terms for the same thing. So like an organization that's much bigger than you, that knows everything about you and is out to get you, as opposed to like an organization that knows everything about you and loves you and wants to see your life better. It's the absolute conviction that you are powerless in a hostile universe. And, you know, if you know, and in Wheels Reinvented, I teach people exactly how to go into each and every one of these afflictions and heal it from the inside out, and you actually start seeing results. But I feel like, the, the agenda of the pharmaceutical industry has never been to make people feel better. And that's just what I believe. So that's what, uh, mm -hmm.
So that's what mental illness is to me. It's not, it, and these are things that everybody will experience. And the longer that you repress it and ignore it, the worse it gets. But I, I used to be really afraid to tell people this, but like if you're on meds and stuff, like you've seen from coronavirus, like shit becomes unavailable. You're gonna wanna get yourself as soon as possible into not, like I, I got glasses because I thought my eyesight was getting worse. And then, um. I got these glasses, I wore them for like three days and then I took them off and I was out in the forest with my kid and I was so dizzy and disoriented that I genuinely felt like I couldn't see without my glasses. And everybody that I knew that had glasses would always say, I can't see without my glasses. Kind of like how, you know, I can't breathe is a new fucking spell. Um, I can't see without glasses. I can't see without glasses. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I can't see without my glasses. And I said, I'm never wearing these fucking things again. And luckily, you know, it was the first time I've ever really worn uh, glasses in my life. But Wheels Reinvented is probably my favorite thing that I've taught. And the reason why I had to make it uh, a digital course, and I've been trying to, it took me three years of teaching it to really know that it could be there without me doing it personally. But it's honestly such a emotional process for me every time I teach it. And, you know, if you want to know, okay, well, what's it like, you know, this, uh, what, what could I expect to be when I'm done with this workshop, please go do a $40 session with one of the graduates. There's, I think, another 30 days. Phaedra's a graduate, Reem's a graduate, Kova's, uh, no, not Kova, uh, Christine Trash Torch is a graduate. And if you go and look at, um, oh, I forgot that I don't have Everstash your account anymore, um, but I'll put something up on Ruha Report where you can meet because you'll, you'll see and, and you'll be able to conduct sessions like that as well. It's exactly, it's what made me the coach that I am. And, and when you're done with that, you're done with inner child work. Like at some point you have to be done with inner child work. At some point you have to stop. Like I, I told my trans friend, I was like, listen, hon, I know you have books and books of stuff that you want me to read, but like I'm studying time exclusively right now. And I know that I'm not transphobic because I think that being trans is like the absolute most normal thing in the world. I have no fear of it whatsoever. I think it is the most normal thing in the world. And I think that all these like micro classifications are just a way to even divide members of the trans community, you know, into like all these different little brackets. And I, I actually don't think that it's useful whatsoever. And so I'm saying no, I'm saying actually flat out. Okay, look, I read both sides of it. I know myself. I am not willing to spend three years researching if I'm transphobic the same way I fucking wasted, straight up wasted three years of my time trying to find out if I was an unconscious racist or not when I've always known that I've never been a fucking racist. And yeah, you know, maybe all white people are racist until proven otherwise, but honey, I didn't fucking grow up in the United States. <laughs> I didn't. I grew up in a cult bunker and I could have just said at the beginning, this shit doesn't apply to me because I've actually, if anything, it's like the reverse. I've just always thought that black people were a lot cooler than white people. And so if anything, it was like, I had it in the opposite direction of like, damn, I wish I was black. I never thought like it sucks to be black ever. And I lived in South Africa, like, in 2002, where literally like six-year-old black boys huffing glue are passed out in the park and like shit and, and black people have to wear white clothes at night or they get a ticket. But even now, I was like, black people are way fucking, because they just have a lot more culture than any of the white people that I knew who just kind of like all did the same thing unilaterally. And so 
But I, I went on that fucking goose hunt anyways. Oh my God, am I a racist? Am I a racist? And now like, I know who I am. I've done my heart work. I've opened my heart chakra. Like I understand, I know who I am. And that means that I'm not subject to having to go read a stack of books that every fucking lazy teacher hands to me instead of just explaining to me, usually because they don't understand it themselves completely. So it's like, let me just give you this book that everybody seems to like and agree on. It's like, no, you, if you can't explain to me what it is that you believe in, then no, you're not a teacher. You're being fucking lazy. So whatever it is that you believe in, you make sure that you can transmit it to somebody in a way that doesn't require them reading someone else's book, someone else's podcast, someone else's expertise. Don't fucking tell me you believe in something if you can't tell me what you believe in. So I think we're going to stop here for the day, but a piece of homework that I would like you all to do, which I did recently, which will be a really great start for you moving into a better comprehension of time, a better comprehension of what is and is not useful for your life and your mission right now. And all I want you to do is just write down, what do I believe? And I'll tell you guys what I believe. I believe that a shift in consciousness is available, and I believe that not everybody is going to be on it. I believe that whatever I focus on grows and that no matter where I go and what I do, universal support is available to me if I remember to ask. I believe that my internal state creates my external state and that if I want to see a different world, I can create it internally and it will be so. I believe that there are no limitations to what's possible. I believe that the only limits are the one that I put on myself. And I know that I can make magic out of anything if I just focus on it more than I thought I would need to. And because of that, I know what I'm working on and I know where I'm going and I don't need you to watch somebody else's YouTube video to transmit that. But it would be a very good idea for you right now. You know, you, everybody's taken a, little, a lot of crap over these last six months. And even just having one belief, I believe that I am protected no matter where I go and what I do. If you believe in what you say you believe in, there is no problem. But if you don't even know what you believe in over the next few years, you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of people that are saying, well, I can teach you what to believe in. And you will lose a lot of time studying with those people. So if you believe in what you say you believe in, there's no problem, but in order to even get started, you've got to know what it is that you believe in. So I want to thank you all for being here. My husband brought me this like gorgeous breakfast and um, I'm going to get to that. I want to thank you all so much and I will see you. We're putting up some new events very soon. By the end of the week, we should have that um, class schedule up. It was just really finding out a way to make sure that, um, everybody's able to access these classes at the most reasonable price point. Now Bruja Report is a subscription and streaming service, which means that new customers get to come and pay $198 a month or $99 if they go through an affiliate or get a discount. It means that they can access all of the workshops that I've ever made. But a lot of you have been here with me for years now and accumulated each one of these new workshops as they were implemented. So it's like, I'm so happy that so many people get to have the same experience for 1111 because you've already bought all of these workshops. But it's basically like six new continuing workshops that I'm putting out at once. And um, 
And so it's just been navigating that, but we should have that class schedule by the end of the week, which means that wherever, you know, it's like, oh, I loved interacting with each other on social media. Like I'm going to be in these rooms teaching like this all the time. And you can come and attend as much as you want, Dana. And I hope you will, because this can be, this is the beginning of the best part of your life. And that's true if you want it to be. All right. Thank you all so much for being here. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.